Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your bra on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for a bonus episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, better known as DCU. And so far this year, DCU has donated to 119 food banks and pantries, with donations totaling over $2.1 million. Their commitment to the community doesn't stop at feeding the hungry either. They have passionately supported numerous school programs, hospitals, veterans organizations, and other worthy causes that are doing their part to help individuals and families in need. And you know that veterans organizations are right at the center of my soul. And at DCU, they believe veterans organizations provide important and ongoing support to the brave men and women who have served our country and recognizing the special sacrifices that both veterans and their families have made. Well, that's DCU's goal to honor and support our military heroes by continuing to fund new opportunities in the areas of health, employment and housing through 
through partnerships with local, regional, and national organizations. Giving back is central to what they do. And I know that because I have worked with DCU for many years now, and we've worked on a lot of these programs together. And I'm honored to have them sponsoring the podcast. Well, I'm super excited to have Miles Kennedy back on the show. You may remember he was my guest on episode 66 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And when we talked last, we were talking about his solo album, The Ides of March. And I asked him, what's in store with Slash? And he very coyly kind of talked about how there were plans for new music and touring, but nothing specific. Well, today, Miles Kennedy called the show because, well, everything's specific now. Their new album, Four, is set for release on February 11th. Their North American tour kicks off on February 8th, and they're headed to Boston for a date at the House of Blues on March 7th. And those tickets are on sale right now. So I figured it was time to get Miles back on the show for a few minutes to give us all the details on the tour, recording the album during COVID, and what it was like for those guys to actually quote-unquote, pop positive. Well, you'll hear Miles talk about that. Plus, we had to follow up on his Massachusetts driving habits, having been born in Boston, even though he moved away when he was a kid. And it's always great to talk to Miles about the craft of songwriting and how he records. He's one of the nicest guys in rock and roll, and I couldn't wait to get him back on the show. So here's a bonus episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast featuring Miles Kennedy from Slash featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators. Hello, Mr. Kennedy. Hello. How, how are, you? are you? I'm good. It's great to see you. It's good to see you, too. I appreciate you checking back on the show. Well, it's um, it's how when was the last time we talked? It wasn't that long ago. No, it was a couple months ago we talked and you were super coy because I was like, what's going on with Slash? And you were like, we're working on some stuff. And then after I talked to you, it's like, there's a new album and a tour and all this great stuff. And I was like, hmm, going to have to get him back on the phone. Right. Yeah, I'm. That was that was the challenging. That was probably the most challenging part of doing all the promo for the solo record because that would the question would inevitably come up every interview, and we're, you know, trying to keep things on the down low. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, here we are. Yeah. Don't worry about it, Miles. It's fine. <laughs> uh, the first thing I want to talk to you about is the idea of how you navigate recording a record when your band is all over the place and you're in a pandemic and then you guys start popping positive on this thing like how are you even juggling this popping positive that's gonna be the title of the next the next record <laughs> you're welcome we're popping positive um um how i'm sorry what, i was so impressed with that little phrase i i forgot the question just about how you go about navigating recording and getting a bunch of people together while you're trying to negotiate a pandemic yeah so well we utilize technology that was the uh you know slash and i started trading demos he would send send a demo of, of music bed and then I'd send it back with a vocal. Um, and so thank goodness for that, because that when obviously we had a challenging time being in the same room together, given what last year was. And then, yeah, when it came time to make the record, um, we we all got in a bus and drove to Nashville. And uh, that was back in March and uh, knocked it out in a few weeks. It's kind of crazy that Nashville keeps coming up on the show. I was just there a few months ago for like a, a rock podcast convention. 
And I had never spent any time in Nashville, so I just kind of always thought that's where country music lives. I was shocked at how much rock music is getting made there. Yeah, it's kind of become... In fact, I started seeing... Um, people in the rock industry migrate to Nashville. I don't started, I don't know, 10 years ago, one guy after another moving to Nashville. And now it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of the place. Um, so many bands and, and managers and producers have all in the rock genre have all relocated there. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the, it's the happening spot. It seems really weird the way that the songwriting culture is there, that you could just like make a lunch date with a stranger and sit down and try to write a song with all the different projects that you work with, whether it be writing with Slash or writing with Alter Bridge or working on stuff for your solo record. Could you do that? Sit down with a total stranger and just try to hash out a song like that? Maybe. You know, it's tricky because for me, songwriting is there's such a trust element. So I need to trust people's instincts. And I need so I guess if I knew that the songwriter, if I liked their body of work. Yeah. If I'm if I get together with someone and I'm not really sure what they do, um, I don't I don't know. That's a really good question. But fortunately, the people that I collaborate with, I, I, I trust their instincts and hopefully they trust mine. And that's that's a big part of it. that's why you have to leave your your you check your ego at the door and you're there to serve the song. And um, it's it's definitely for me, songwriting is kind of sacred. So so the idea of, of having like, uh, you know, a songwriting Tinder <laughs> wouldn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, you've surrounded yourself with some people that are that are pretty good at writing songs so you don't have that problem yeah i mean they, they obviously <laughs> I mean, the guys I, I i get to collaborate with have uh, you know they have a proven track record <laughs> so um yeah it makes it a lot easier the last time you and i talked we were joking about your songwriting process based on the project that you're working on and you talked about how you write with slash and that you kind of have these melody ideas but it, that you leave the riffs to the quote riff master and we've been talking on the air and i've played the audio a bunch of times about what it would be like for you to bring a riff idea to slash i just want to clarify this album four is all of slash Slash's riffs because you didn't get to bring any to him again, right? No, no, I'm not going to bring riffs to Slash. That's just not, that's not going to happen. You know, so my, my function in with Slash the Conspirators is I'm, I'm the melody guy. So give me the music. I'll put my melody and my, and my lyric over the top of it. And we're, we're off to the races. How is it on a fourth record with a group, right? That you've been working together for a while, Um, There's a comfort level like you talked about. Were these songs kind of already started pre-pandemic or were they altered because of just what's going on in the world? They were started pre, you know, a lot of these songs, the genesis of them was on the Living the Dream tour. We started kind of molding the arrangements back uh, during that period and during sound checks a lot of times. Um, But yeah, I think for me that it was tricky from a lyrical standpoint, I didn't want this to be another uh, Quarantunes record um, because I had already done that term. with a song. I like that one. I did, I, I did not come up with that. I think I got that from somebody else. I wish I came up with it. Um, it wasn't as good as the term you came up with a few minutes ago, though, I got to say. Um, <laughs> but, but I think that... Um, 
I had the opportunity to get that off my, to purge that on the solo record. And so with this record, I wanted to make sure at least what I was bringing to the party lyrically was, were things that were not of that, you know, you're not necessarily inspired by, by every, all the things that are currently going on. So, um, that was, you know, in a way, um, it was, it was fun, um, because it was kind of a challenge to pull myself out of all of that and think, think of it differently. So. I think we I think we achieved that hopefully. I'm not a songwriter nor do I have kids. So I attribute um naming a record kind of like a child, right? That there's this responsibility because once you name it, you have to deal with it forever. And you guys just were like sitting around coming up with names and then finally you just said, "Screw it, we're just going to name it four? Like what how did this happen? You know, if I remember correctly, this happened because we were we were hanging out with Dave Cobb, the producer, and I and I could be wrong here. You can check with the other guys, but I think he said you guys should just call it four. <laughs> and we're like, gosh, that's easy. Okay, it was just so it was so simple. Um, so so I think that's how the story goes. Don't you know? Check with check with the other cats on that. I read something that Slash says that this is the best record you guys have made together. Do you agree with that? I, that's a that's a really that's a difficult question for me as a as a writer to answer because I feel because each record is like a kid is you know I don't have children the, the songs are my children the records are my children so I do I definitely think it's a very different sounding record than um, anything we've done in the past it's a very live sounding record um, so. W- I will say that, but as far as, is it my favorite? Is it the best one? I don't know. That's such a subjective thing. It's got, I think it has some wonderful moments. Um, and I'm certainly, certainly happy that, uh, you know, to, to, to have been a part of it. Can you talk about when you say something like it, it, you recorded it live or that it's the most live sounding record, like what you, what you mean by that? Yeah. So essentially, when you get in the studio, like the way people make records is you, you record the drums and, and then the bass, and then you do the guitars and then you do the vocals last. So it's a, it's a, it's a, you, you kind of put it together gradually. you you, and you hone in on each of those instruments and you, and you build the, 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 the sonic structure with this record when we kind of thought that's what we were doing, we, we do what are called, you're basically recording what are called the basics. You're getting the drums down, right? So we, but we did it different because everybody was playing, not only playing at the same time, but they were all in the same room other than me i was in a you know in a vocal booth but they were all like it was a state dave set it up like it was a stage you know it wasn't like everybody was in, in a different room they were all hanging out together you know kind of feeding off that energy and what was interesting is that we'd run some of those songs two or three times and then dave would be like okay we got it and we're like, what do you mean you got it we're just kind of getting warmed up nope we got it let's move on to the next song i mean and it was live it was and some like some of the vocals are like that's basically what I was just singing as what I thought was a scratch track, which just is a guide. <laughs> you know, I think, in fact, I think the, the, the river is rising that vocal. I think I only did it. I think it just one time. And I thought, well, there's the scratch track. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm done now. You got the scratch. And then when it was all said and done, that was what we used as the, as the vocal. So yeah, it was just basically five guys playing at the same time. There is something about technology that allows you to perfect music to the point where it's over perfect because then it doesn't sound real. 
So do you do you think that's what makes rock and roll great is almost the the imperfections that that capturing that live moment? Yeah, I do. I think with rock, I think with certain genres, uh, certain uh, offshoots of rock in particular, like with with really heavy, heavy music, like with metal, like some of that is about being super precise, you know, but with something that is more blues based, like what we do, I think those imperfections are important. When I go back and I listen to Sunhouse Records or if I listen to Robert Johnson, they didn't have he didn't have pro tools you, you know you, you you think travel and riverside blues was recorded on pro tools you think you know how horrible it would sound if that was all doctored up and made perfect and quantized it was about that just that overall spirit and that fire and that energy and all those imperfections that's what made it and i think that that's the beauty of making a record this way well it's also why when you leave a show and you're so blown away by the performance aspect of it because it is about being in that room and kind of being part of the vibe of it, which for a fan that you want to be part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those, because those imperfections remind us that we're all human. You know, if you want to go, look, there's probably going to come a time when there's going to be robots who are, who are, you know, recreating like, you could, are we, you want to go see the AI version of Frank Sinatra's night, you know, or some sort of hologram or something. Did that's, you that's, see that Boston Dynamics video with the Rolling Stones video last week? Oh, no. Miles, oh. they, you know, the Boston Dynamics dog. The, okay. Yeah. They yes. recreated shot by shot the Start Me Up video, the famous one with Mick Jagger in the pink T-shirt with the with the robots. It's horrifying. Just watch it. But then it's nightmare fuel. I'm just warning you. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I got to tell you, with the way things are going with with that, with the whole deep fake thing with these videos that are coming out. Have you seen this where they can they had oh. something recently with Tom Cruise? I mean, it's. Tech, I look, I like technology. I like my phone. I like my computer. I, you know, I love it. But it's getting to the point where where's where is this all going and are we going to be replaced? So, yeah, it's I'll be able to download software and be Slash's lead singer soon. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, bye, everybody. <laughs> Can you nice. talking about that live experience? Right. And like and like being a fan growing up, there had to have been some shows for you that made you go. That's what I want to do as a fan of it. What were the shows that you went to growing up that you walked out and you were like, that's it. I got to do that. Man, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I don't know if the, I'm, I'm trying to think of shows where it's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Um, there were definitely shows that really moved me intensely. Like I remember I saw Jeff Buckley play in, in the mid nineties and that like completely I blew my mind. Um, I saw you two on the, on the Octung baby run. That was, that was really killer. But I remember, yeah, I remember as a kid, um, seeing like Van Halen, I went to the Monsters of Rock like in '88, and you know, so when Metallica was first, you know, I think they were touring the Justice for All record at that point, and it was just in, it was incredible because it, it was before they were this household name, and it, but there was this this energy there, right? And you knew something was happening, and so I think for me as a young musician, what I want, what I l- learned was I wanted to be a part of something like that, that, that energy and that, uh, that rapport with an, that's whatever that, that magical element of music is. I wanted to experience that somehow, not from the audience, but standing on a stage. 
Um, the last time you and I talked, you kind of had this life epiphany and we put it together that the reason why you're so aggressive behind the wheel is because you were born in Boston. Have, <laughs> have you shared that epiphany with the people that drive with you? Did you have this discussion with your wife like you said you were going to? You know what? I actually, it, it's funny you should bring that up. I've thought a lot about that. I really have. And in a way, it's kind of changed my driving. And now I do this thing before I even open the door. I kind of go into this Zen mode. I take a deep breath and I'm like, I'm about to get behind a t- behind the wheel of a two-ton vehicle. I'm going to be very calm and and it's worked so because of our discussion i'm like i, I gotta I, you know i gotta control control the beast you could do the opposite and just go full mass hole and grab a dunkin donuts coffee and call people motherfuckers behind the wheel you could just do that could you really could you see me doing that it would be- that would be the most incongruent it's kind of yeah it's kind of, i don't know i mean i could try it I just, I think that my wife would be like, what in the, f- okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, you're going to be in town on March 7th. You're going to be at the House of Blues. Tickets are on sale now. Matter of fact, I'm going to give some away coming up. Um, when you're in town, if we're allowed to be in the same room, I will bring you a Dunkin' Donuts coffee, teach you proper middle finger etiquette, and perfect your accent so you can say motherfucker correctly. Motherfucker. Like that? <laughs> yes. Motherfucker. <laughs> it's the greatest yeah. thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for hanging out on the show with me today. I really appreciate it. Congratulations on The River is Rising. It's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in March at the House of Blues. And you've got your homework now. The, the middle finger, it goes, it goes up like just with authority. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye, I Miles. So <laughs> <laughs> see ya. All right. Take care. Bye. There he is, the badass motherfucker himself, Miles Kennedy. And the new album is called Four from Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, and it's out on February 11th. And the tour kicks off on February 8th in Portland. Tickets for the entire tour are already on sale, and that includes the Boston date on March 7th at the House of Blues. All of the dates are listed at SlashOnline.com. And if you're looking for Miles, you're looking for Slash, the Conspirators, all of it. All the links are in the show notes of this podcast. And all of mine are up there, too. You'll also find a link for the corresponding playlist, and that has all of the music that we talked about in the episode, including the new single off of their upcoming album, Four. That one's called The River Is Rising, and the album out on February 11th. Thanks once again to our sponsor, Digital Federal Credit Union. You can find them at dcu.org. And if you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss anything from the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday. Plus, every weekday, you get the sit rep, which is all your rock news, music headlines, and industry info. And that is in less than five minutes. The Mistress Carrie podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Venture X from Capital One is the travel card for people always asking, where next? 
You earn 10x miles on hotels and rental cars and 5x miles on flights booked through Capital One Travel and 2x miles on everything else you buy with Venture X. Plus, receive premium travel benefits like access to over 1,300 airport lounges. The Venture X card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. By now, you know that sound. It's the sound of the Home Depot. But what about that sound? You're listening to a set of GE appliances, complete with all you need to keep food fresh, dishes clean, and everything else stress-free. Making this the sound of savings on top brand appliances. The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Get up to 25% off select GE appliances right now. Offer valid January 5th through January 25th, 2023. U.S. only. See store or online for details. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.